unexplainable, paranormal, conspiracies, and much more. Starring your host and co-host, Jenny Nicasio, Sean Kelly, and Jason Sledgehammer Ryan Petro. Brought to you by UPRN Network. Now for your host, Jenny Nicasio. Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on FM 107.7 New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. Remember to like us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram. I'm Jenny Nicasio, along with Sean Kelly and Jason I and Petro, who's not here this evening. But thank you so much for joining us. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, buddy. How are you today? I'm excited. Great. I am so excited. Always excited on Thursdays because it's a little bit closer to the weekend. And yeah. before we get started tonight, and before we get started to introduce our guest, I want to touch upon the declassification reports on UFOs, what we know now. Now, I'm not sure because I don't think we've learned anything that we didn't already know. But, Sean, we do yes. know that it's not China, it's not Russia, and it's not ours. Did you happen to see the UFO declassification special live on the Discovery Channel and and was it Travel Channel? Did you happen to see that? No, I have not. I was busy doing something else. I was meant to see it, but I didn't. Well, you didn't miss much, so I just wanted no. to say that I wasn't too impressed. Um, okay, but all I can say is. We don't know very much than we already knew and that there is something out there. And I'm hoping they are, um, you know, non-human and I'm hoping they are friendly. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) But we were and we're going to talk about this because all my promotional material went out and we were going to revisit the hollowed battleground of Gettysburg and discuss the energies left behind with Bridget Good of Gettysburg Ghost Girls and Maria. So go ahead and introduce them, um, Sean, and give us a warm welcome. Oh, hi. Uh, Yes, welcome, ladies. Uh, It's nice to see you, Bridget. It's been a long time. Um, Hey, how are are you, Sean? I'm doing all right. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, do with your intro for us. Okay. um, This is for Bridget. uh, With over 30 years of dedicated experience in the supernatural field, when Bridget Good uh, is involved, it is usually now I can't get it. there. We go. Extreme is usually an extreme haunting, as she has a knack for discovering these types of cases. There is nothing more than she loves than to bring the light seriously, sometimes malevolent cases, to helping clients, BIA debunking or assuring the homemakers homemakers, homeowners, and clients of what is actually occurring at the location. Bridget is the CEO and owner of the Ghost Gals Diverse Female Supernatural Team. Okay, I'm getting there, ladies. And, and uh, Well, give us a little bit about Maria. Okay. Uh, I was going to get Maria right now. Okay. Maria Schmidt, how are you? Welcome. Thank you for having us. Oh, I'm glad that you all are on. Uh, Maria, she is the CEO of both Haunted Journeys and Mysterious Adventure Tours. 
also found of the National Ghost Hunting Day and world's largest ghost hunt. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she also uh, is part of this, is it Sinis Tour? Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Sinis? Uh, for an Halloween experience of New Orleans. Um, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome, guys. So happy to have you, Bridget and Maria. Hi, thank you for having us. <laughs> well, first of all, let's just talk a little bit about, Maria, what you did, what your tours are, and then we'll just jump into a little bit of Gettysburg. And Bridget, you can join us and let us know what you know what you have to say about all this supernatural stuff. And I just love your website. There's so much to do. So go ahead. The floor Thank is yours. You. Thank you so much. And we're hoping that we can fill a niche or a gap in the tourism business. Um, it all started a few years back when uh, my husband and I owned one of the most haunted inns in Florida. It was um, um, the Seven Sisters Inn. And um, we decided, well, it was an old Victorian. And we decided that it was important to push out haunted tourism. Because even though we were getting a lot of folks in, um, but some of them didn't like the spooks and some of them wanted the spooks, but we didn't have a good platform to, to tell the world that we were spooky. So we created Haunted Journeys and that's where all the stamina happened because I was not alone. Um, it's very easy in Ireland to sell your spooks because you have you know, guest houses and inns that are three, 400 years old. In the United States, they're pretty much bulldozered. And the ones that remain, the ones that carry history, are the ones that are competing against the big box stores. See, I call them the Holiday Inns, the Hiltons, the Marriott's. And mm-hmm. we don't have a sand, we don't have any chance of surviving. That's what Haunted Journeys was hopefully being able to do. From there, I gather a lot of research, a lot of places that are extraordinary worldwide. Um, Haunted Journeys has about a thousand listings there, um, and but they're just living there. Hopefully, and I do get a lot of clicks per day on that website people looking yeah, for places nice. to find um but i wasn't really doing anything except really giving them a big voice a, a big presentation that they're out there we have to preserve these people it's sort of kind of what national ghost hunting day is all about which was established in 2016 but i took it to the next level i said let's bring people over to visit these places and not so much the paranormal enthusiasts but the people that are interested they're kind of playing with it they don't know about it um they wouldn't do it alone so Mm -hmm. there's a big market for that about 50 percent of the tourism market believe in ghosts and they love mystery so i say well let's get these folks in and with this it's even a bigger horn and preserving a lot of these places that we're going to be going to and bring them over, having them an experience. Um, so we are a hashtag haunted tourism um, type of business where we will have a um, anywhere between four to 10 days of experiences around the world and in the United States. So, so far we've got about 12 trips planned between this year and 22. Mm-hmm. And um, we have Ireland and Wales and Scotland and Transylvania um, and England. Um, We may be going to places like um, uh, 
um, Egypt and um, oh, wow. Puerto Rico and Cuba. We've got those all um, stored up for 23. But we can't forget about the United States of America. And one of the two most haunted places in the USA is Gettysburg. Yes. Orleans. So I've got an yep. expert that can cover both of them here. Yes, definitely. And, and that's why Bridge is part of like what we have each of these trips. Most of them are accompanied by a tour lead and we call them ambassadors. So Bridge is going to be bringing her fans over as well as Sherry Benavidi from ghost hunters right and and hopefully they will make the transition of bringing some folks um into new orleans and rocking that town yeah definitely so give us tell us like what what you know maria have you been to you've been on the tours where you have you been doing the tours yourself along with the ambassador well we started this right right a month or two before they announced the COVID stuff going on yeah so it was a bad timing but it was a good timing because it helped me prepare and make robust um you know operation stuff that you need for something like this you know um so yeah i've been to nola a few times i love nola if i could make a another switch to another place to live it would be new orleans um it's just a, a fascinating town um and it has to be like it's going to be one of our centerpieces in all of our tours. So okay. hopefully, yeah. So this is a launch off and I'm bringing some big guns with me. It's going to be held on Halloween. Oh, so that's right after Halloween, perfect. we're actually landing on the day of the dead. Oh, um, yes. So perfect. we're going to exploit that feeling of, you know, celebrating the dead in New Orleans um, to the max. Definitely. Okay. Um, Bridge, cool. tell, tell us about, what you've experienced at Gettysburg and you and Sean, cause Sean has been there how many times and mm -hmm. he's the investigator. And um, I don't go on. I went on two of the uh, ghost adventures, but um, more on the, you know, sci-fi cause I used to do MUFON. So well, well, go ahead. I, actually, uh, Sean has investigated several times with me. So <laughs> Sean and yep. I have yep. been friends for eight, 10 years. So, yep. um, yeah, it's kind of like, hey, Shorty. Um, hey, Bridge. <laughs> I had no idea he was part of the show. I found out yesterday. I'm like, oh, oh wow. Um, but anyway, hi, everybody. I'm Bridget Goody. Um, most people originally know me from the Gettysburg Ghost Gals. Uh, today, though, what I incorporate a lot of my time with is, um, is I work production on a lot of Discovery Network shows. I uh, also appear on those shows, but I do a lot of field production work, uh, specifically for haunted locations. I help people with haunted events at haunted locations. I find the impossible for people, and I have a knack for, I don't know what it is, I find, you know. Um, You're yeah, Myers, that's what it is. Uh, I mean, uh, we did episode seven of Ghost Nation um, was their first apparition that they caught during the season. That And that location was immensely haunted. It was a, friend's a friend of mine, his uh, antique store and, um, and his home. And then uh, season two opener, The Witching Tree, uh, I did that entire episode as well. Um, it's a lot of fun getting into... 
Uh, other than because for years, for 30 years, I've done the paranormal. I have helped families. Um, I love negative cases. I would rather always have a, a negative case or something where a family really needs help because let's face it, every other person has a haunting nowadays, but I, I like, I like getting my hands dirty. I like getting into the evil or the dark, uh, the dark things. So, uh, and it's perfect for Sinistor, of course, but, um, but basically, I mean, living in Gettysburg now here, I think we've been here about 12 years now Oh, and we've done a lot of studying of the battlefield. And I know uh, Maria has a, amazing tour with Courtney Reardon, another good friend of mine. Uh, Courtney is leading the tour on that through Gettysburg. And I mean, there are just, there's so many places and it's not just the battlefield. I've legitimately, every other building in Gettysburg, we've investigated. So, I mean, it, over the years, we've just amassed so many investigations, doing studies of comparing the actual history to the actual documented what we could prove hauntings on the battlefield or you can't really prove anything in the paranormal come close to proving and but i mean it it really is you know it's it's quite the haunted place and you know when you have over uh in in the span of a few days between antietam and gettysburg over fifty-five thousand casualties and by casualties that means missing wounded or death so, I mean, how can a place not have that much activity? So, um, you know, it's, it, it really is everybody, if you're, if you're an enthusiast about historical matters, which I think everybody needs to learn, I don't think kids learn enough about our history mm -hmm. in school today, to learn about the Civil War, to learn about why we fought for equality and amongst other things and uh, against the, success, uh, the secession of, uh, of the South. You look at those things, the history aspect, and if you like the paranormal a little bit, it, it's a place for you then. It's it's really got a lot for everybody. Uh, there's other things other than the paranormal to do here as well, but, um, you know, it's a beautiful place, and, um, you know, that's why I think especially uh, when Maria got together with myself and with Shari and also, please God, we're planning to do some things in Ireland in 2022 with Anne Massey, who we love. That's my Celtic sister. Um, but uh, it was perfect for Shari and I because both Shari and I, and, and I actually have a statement from Shari that I would like to read since she couldn't sure. be here tonight because she's oh. filming. I'm off, I'm off this week. Um, but, oh, but, uh, ah, mm -hmm. sorry guys, my phone. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry, lost my phone there. Um, but Shari's filming this week and uh, I'm home this week, but I also have a little statement to read from sure, her. Sure, definitely go. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's for Shari and I to be doing Sinus Tour, it's perfectly. We love anything dark. We yeah. want, Shari is, yeah. uh, I've known Shari for a long time and I adore Shari. Um, and I love working with the show. Um, mm -hmm. Shari comes off very quiet, but she's not. She's an adventurous fun girl who loves anything dark and the more haunted, the better, the more, you know, so the more active, the better. So, uh, you know, she's a fantastic investigator. She's a great person. Good, uh, uh, good person. Just, you know, in general, be a friend with, uh, everybody loves her, you know, and the difference with this tour that we're doing with Maria, the Sinus tour, which 
we derived that name all together because it was really dark and Sherry and I like really dark things. So, really? um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the thing with this tour is you are going to have an experience, you know, you may go to conferences, you may go on an event where you meet, uh, uh, paranormal celebrities, people who are on TV and, and you get to talk to them for a couple of minutes. This is seven days or however long, might be nine. We don't know yet, but yes, uh, with, with, with Shari and myself and we eat lunch with you. Uh, we yes. do investigations with you. If you want to learn how to do something, <laughs> we, we have a few spirits in yes. Noah. And I'm not talking about the ghostly guy. I'm talking about the drink Oh, guy. my. We yeah. eat dinner, lunch together. Uh, we're, on, we're on the bus together because uh, we're going to take a bus to uh, some of the different locations. You, you're immersed in an experience with Shari and I for seven days. It is worth every penny. And if you look on the tour, Maria, uh, there are a lot of different prices. If you want to go only a certain amount of days, say you can only get off five days from work or four days. There's everything is allotted for in this tour. So there is no reason why anybody should miss this tour. Who the heck wouldn't want to spend set seven days with Shari and Bridget? Come on. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I plead the fifth on that one. So we're a ball of fun. We're a ball of energy. Um, there's not going to be another tour like this until we do our Ireland tour, of course. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, it's going to be exciting. And you're going to see things and places and experience things you never thought you would. Uh, but we, this is jam-packed with, with investigations, haunted locations. Trust me, every, everybody is going to love to do this. One question I, I have for the uh, Let me just, let me, when you say dark. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, like evil, dark, demonic, dark, or? Well, con. Uh, well, you see, and again, this is where Sharia and my beliefs are parallel. Uh, you know, I know everybody sees on TV, so, oh, it's a demon, and uh, look, those cases are like one in a million. They're rare. They're not. They're not around every corner that you turn. Now there are a lot of these people who may people may think may have demonic possession actually, uh, sadly, have a mental disease or, or mm. defect, as they would say in the medical community. I was a lab tech for 30 years. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, so when we say dark, we're talking about, uh, was it a murder scene? Was there, okay. you know, was there... was Is there talk of evil? Um, someone claims that demo- it's demonic. Can we go there and debunk it? Because um, both with Sherry and I, it's first science. And uh, and what I love is when I am doing an investigation, and like I said, we work really hard at, at obtaining amazing evidence. And if it, if it means going back day after day after day, what, if you've listened to the client and there's person's not on medication, they're not taking anything mind-altering, they're, they don't uh, you know, they don't hear, hear voices mm-hmm. in their head or something, you know, if it's, if it's just a, a total normal case, we'll go back and, and just keep on, keep on trying to obtain evidence and obtain evidence. And again, we try and do it in a scientific manner. 
Um, I'm, I'm not a pushover for evidence. I am very hard. I'm very hard on myself. And that's why I don't like, that's why I don't like still images. Um, I really do like video. I really do like audio. And nowadays you can usually tell when, when video has been tampered with. And that's another thing too, after doing this, ask Sean for years, you kind of, uh, you're almost self-taught. I mean, back when we started doing it, Sean and I, um, you know, there were people ghost hunting, but not so many. Um, mm-hmm. But, and you kind of learn these things. I mean, I can hear EVPs, extremely low decibel EVPs that normal people wouldn't hear, but I'll hear them. And and you kind of get trained to these things as far as seeing anomalies in video. And what I mean by anomalies, I mean faked. Um, okay. Or you might actually catch a spiritual anomaly which is a ghost and apparition, things of, of that nature, but I'm tough on evidence. So usually if I put something out there, I can back up uh, with a pretty good degree of certainty and or witnesses to what was seen, what was captured, how it was done, uh, how we, how we were meticulous about the scene uh, and not, uh, you know, letting, letting the evidence be tainted in any manner or fashion. So you know, it's, um, it really is. I'm, uh, I'm a tough girl, but both Shari and I, anything that's dark, scary, um, that people have claimed is very evil. If, if there was a suicide, uh, you know, tragedies, tragedies, tragedies. right, right. Maria, what, well said, it, it, anything like that, it's anything that's dark. And Hey, if someone claims there's demonic activity, We'll check it out. You know, we're not we're not afraid to. So, do you have any priests come with you? Exorcisms? Um, I I actually um, I do have friends. Um, I've been friends with uh, Carl Johnson. My God, for probably as known as long as I've known Steve and Jay and Day Dave for over twenty years. Um, I've been friends with Carl Johnson. He, him and his brother Keith and Carl Johnson. They were like on. I forget, like season one of Ghost Hunters back in 2006. But a lot of the times I will, if if I have a very dark case, uh, I'll give Carl a call and, I, and I'll forward it to Carl. Or I do have friends that are within the religious faith uh, and uh, that, you know, that, that can help me out with cases. So, yes, I, I do have sources that I, that I do go to. Um, but and especially whenever I'm doing anything for TV, you know, I always I always want those darker cases. So, um, you know, I just I don't know. I have it's like I'm a, they're attracted to me. I just get these. Do you have any that, something that would stand out that would really put you back that frightened you? <laughs> I know I would be very frightened of everything. <laughs> I got to tell you what frightened me. Now, when when you know when you do field production work, um, you 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 do the 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 location history and again i'm also doing investigations for this too so it's i'm i'm a woman of many hats okay but when you do field production work you not only do you do the history and the research on that i actually will go out and go locally and hire uh excavators uh experts you name it mm-hmm. so for the witching tree episode uh you know i i we you know, you know, to some degree what you're going to do, do we, we may possibly need an excavator. So let's have one on standby. So I'll hire an excavator and then we hire, um, dogs because in the episode it was, uh, they believe there was a witch buried under the tree 
And this to me, this blows my mind because as far as I know, this was the only time this ever happened on television um, that a folk folklore comes true. So long story short, so hired uh, the company that, that brought the dogs and mm-hmm. one hit. And, and now Jason called me right after it happened. So I, I was just like, I was dumbfounded. Uh, one dog hit, lay down at the tree and actually went up into the tree because the dog smelled... Uh, when the body dies, and if you have a plant or something over it, and the body is decomposing underneath, those materials of decomposition actually grow up into the tree. So the dog was hitting on the uh, upper part of the tree because decomp had gone up into the tree. So one dog hit, then the second dog hit, then the third dog hit. All of them went up, leaned up into the tree, and then when they went back and they luminoled mm-hmm. later on in the episode... And there, there was blood all over the things in the ground under the tree. So, uh, you know, something that to me is really scary because today, you know, they, we could not at the time, we didn't find any bones. Um, I don't know if the homeowners, Glenda and Steve, who are uh, friends of mine, hi, Glenda and Steve, if they were able to uh, find anything yet. I mean, the police had to come out. They declared it a crime scene for a while and then they had to undeclare it a crime scene. Something like that really excites me. Not, you know, it's sad, but at the same time, you're almost proving history and you're proving folklore to be true. So at the same time, it's it's absolutely terrifying that this this woman may have been murdered and buried there and had a witching tree put over her because they thought she was a witch. So um, you look at these things and... You know, that that's that's what makes me just I'm so inquisitive. That that's why I love doing what I do with production uh field research, learning all these things, learning, putting together the story, getting together the facts, building everything. Um, the the things you find out will amaze you sometimes, you know, really well. Sean. Yeah. Wow, that's just like too much. I don't know. Um, like Bridget said, we go back a long time. And we haunted uh, get and we investigated Gettysburg. Yep. Um, and to me, where I like to go in Gettysburg is like twelve midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and just walk through the town of Gettysburg instead of going out on the battlefield or Sachs Covered Bridge. To me, going through the town of Gettysburg is very haunted because on the first day of the battle, there was actually fighting in the middle middle of the town of Gettysburg. And there was a lot of deaths in there. And yeah. um, I don't know. When I go there, see, it's, it's, it's crazy for me because when I go up there, it feels like I'm at home. Um, I feel like I belong there. And, um, mm. and it's not just because of the ghosts. It's just it's like I know I'm home, you know. Um, to me, there's two very, very hot spots up there for me. And that would be Culp's Hill and uh, the other one, the bridge, Saks Bridge. To me, those are the two most haunted things uh, out there in Gettysburg and the town. But um, I've gone up there for like over 20 years. And uh, and and every year I go up, it's like I experience more stuff that I haven't experienced in the last 20 years. And like, like what? Really, um, different ghosts, different feelings. Did they uh, ever make themselves known to you? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Want to share one um, of them with us? Oh, yeah, sure. Not a problem. Uh, I was down there by the high school, Gettysburg High School. And, favorite um, places. Yes. It's one of my and, favorite uh, places. Yep. Yep. And um, it was just me. 
and I'm standing on the corner because I used to go up a lot and I had uh, an ice cream in my hand. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this oh, right hand on the Bible, and I said, Jenny, honest to God, I just saw this mist and I smelled this like pipe tobacco type of mm -hmm. thing right in front of me. I mean, it was strong. So um, that is one of them. But there are a lot of other times, like at Culp's Hill, I was filming my TV show, um, uh, Paranormal Pittsburgh, and uh, we were walking up Culp's Hill, and literally we were getting rocks thrown at us. I, I have a clip of that. So that I'll, I'll send it to the you. The ghosts were throwing rocks at you? Yes, at me and uh, the, my um, actors. You well, know, why do you and, think they were throwing go uh, rocks at you to be known to let you know let people know yeah. that they're there, or just to agitate you? <laughs> agitate, scare, whatever they wanted to do. But and it's funny with Culp's Hill. Um, I went out there by myself, and it was a full moon. I, I have no problem going into uh, dark places. I really don't. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like a real humid ninety degree night out, right? Mm -hmm. and, and up on the top of Culp's, I'm walking up the road, which is a hill that goes up like that. And uh, all of a sudden, all the trees started to shake. It was like, wow, this is so cool to see and, and hearing all this, all these trees shaking and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we had some good times, Bridge. Yeah, the most um, the, to me, the most active that we've actually, and I base this upon evidence, evidence obtained. The most active battlefield is East Calvary Battlefield, which is not even in oh, town. Yeah. No yeah. one, almost yeah. no one ever goes there. Uh, tour mm -hmm. buses don't go there, and and it's huge. And my God, the evidence we get! Haven't we gone there? Didn't you go there with me one year, Sean? I thought. Yeah, you did. we did. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, we went so, there. But yeah, it's the it's the off places and. Well, think about it. If you go to the main battlefield, you go to Devil's Den, you go to Little Round Top, uh, you go to you go to Big Round Top. People are all over there, so you know you're more likely to get activity where there aren't people. So yeah, that's I believe that you know, that's yeah. one of my rules. Whenever yep. we go do investigate yep. a client's house, or if we get to a hotel of some sort, you know, you hear everybody saying we had experience here, 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 and here. I don't go here, here, and here, and here. I go to other places of the building yep. and set up my equipment. Yeah. Because uh, because the ghosts, they realize that, hey, they know what you're doing, and you're not the only one that's been there. So they're just going to say, hey, we don't want to deal with these people. So we'll go other places, of the, you know. Yeah. Um, I've, I've even investigated with Maria. Uh, Maria and I did the paint house together and Lizzie Borden together years ago up in uh, Rhode Island. We were up at Ocean State PowerCon um, and we went there and we did that. Remember that, Maria? That I sure amazing. do. I mm -hmm. sure do. And bringing it back home to NOLA, mm -hmm. I, I want to share a, a very, it was just a very, I was investigating. I was just walking the streets right outside the French Quarter and um, I, my husband was like 10 feet behind me because that's the way we want it to be i'm only kidding but he was he was um he, he was more gazing up and it was around one o'clock in the morning and the city was dead there was no activity whatsoever no noise no cars no people nothing no on a monday one o'clock in the morning on a monday 
and I'm walking and all of a sudden I hear Maria and I go as clear as day and I turn back and I said what what do you need and he says I didn't call you <laughs> so the <laughs> fact that I'm hearing a disembodied voice right on my first night that was the night I arrived in New Orleans and they knew my name <laughs> that becomes a little chilling you know and I of course nah. you know from that I didn't you know, I wasn't, I was not in a ghost hunting mood. I was not, I was just basically gawking at the city <laughs> and one o'clock in the morning and Maria. And I was like, okay, now they know my name. So oh, do you know my yeah. social security number? You know, um, it's, you're yeah. lucky they didn't break out in a West Side Story Act, Maria. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they would have done it. I would have got, stop. So, um, but, you know, bringing it back, I, you know, NOLA is, it, when you step into New Orleans, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like you breathe in spirits. And it's a very strange spirit level, different than Gettysburg, that, different than anywhere else. Because it's got, it's, it's almost like a mirage. It's like a, it's a medley of not just spirits, but spirits that were impacted by slavery, so the Civil War, right? So, um, spirits that practice voodoo, yeah. and of course, the impact of the vampire. And I call it that trifecta of, of New Orleans. Um, so we're going to dissect the phantom ones. And, you know, when Bridge says we're doing something dark there, it's not hard to do dark in New Orleans. Because no. It's not hard at all. In fact, it's almost like, what do we have that's not dark? You know? <laughs> yep. um, so we will be hitting some of the plantations. And that's where a lot of the slavery, you talk about tragedy. And yeah. you talk about, so we're hitting some, the Oak, Oak Alley Plantation we're doing. Oak. And we're actually Oak. doing a stay, stay over. What was that one again? The Oak Alley. Plantation. Oh, my God, it's considered one of the most haunted plantations in that area. Um, and then we're, we're getting some other ones along the way, but that's going to be like our epic zone for plantations because it's got an incredible um, amount of declared hauntings. Yeah, so, tell us about that. And this is this one is this uh, tour begin? It starts on November 2nd, which is Day of the Dead. And it expands over to when we leave, we have um, seven days and six full days of exploring. When I'm talking, Bridge, you know, I tell Bridge, I hope you're having your walking shoes because we're going to pack it full. And we do. We spend about half the time, well, about three days in the French Quarter, right? And then we're going to spend two days doing the plantations another two days outside the French Quarter because people, there's life in New, Orleans, in New Orleans outside the French Quarter that's very haunted. So we're going to be picking on some really good spots there as well. Um, I'm proud to say that we're going to have some places that really have not been tapped into for investigations. Um, I counted, I think we had like five or six investigations. So I'm talking about um, where we stop because a lot of the tours that you see out there, like the Halloween tours. Everybody likes to do Halloween tours. And all they do is shove a bus of 100 people, right? Mm -hmm. And they stop in places and say, okay, here's a haunted story. And here's a, take a picture quick. Let's get it back on the bus. 
we're not doing that. We're we're going to spend a little time with every place yeah, we go it's, to. It's more mm -hmm. of an, I don't like to call it a tour because no. a tour is going and visiting places. Mm -hmm. This is an experience. Yes. Um, you're, ex you're experiencing these things. You're seeing, you're seeing, experiencing, touching, smelling, investigating. Hearing. You know, it's, Maria, it's, yes, you know, <laughs> hopefully. It's an experience. Um, tour is a really weird word. I like experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what we call it. Uh, on. That's what we call I, it, the I, Halloween experience yeah. in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But I John? do, I do have a story to share. Uh, Russ, him and Jan and his brother and sister, cousins, they went down to New Orleans one time, and it was cold. I think it was for Mardi Gras. I'm not sure, but uh, Russ had a problem with his lungs. Okay, and uh, they thought he might have had uh, mesothelioma. Hmm. Okay, because he worked with uh, asbestos and stuff like that. Well, he went down to New Orleans, but before that, the doctor said, go enjoy life, and then we'll get, you know, find out more. But what happens, he went down to New Orleans. It was at night, and he brought his uh, cousin along with him, and they went into the where everybody was celebrating. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this little, little uh, girl came up to him, this old mm -hmm. lady, and gave him a doll. Okay, it had French written all over it. It was like a like a voodoo doll, I would believe, or whatever. And he put that under his arm and for the whole night. And uh, when he went back to Pittsburgh, okay, um, he went to the doctors and they took an X-ray of where it was supposed to be, where they saw the mass, and it wasn't there. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah so it was. So who was this? Was this, a, was this was this a real live person that gave him the doll? Or real was live, a, real live person. So um, it was a voodoo doctor, maybe. <laughs> could have been. See, but he put that doll underneath his arm and got home back to Pittsburgh and took the X-rays or the MRIs, whatever they did, and that thing completely disappeared. He no longer had a mass. In so, just like someone knew my name, someone knew his ailment and delivered something to help him mm -hmm. clear up good. i mean that's what i'm, I'm concluding from this how yeah, else would you explain like. this well so, i would like to say my name is bridget goody and my ailment is is i would like money so could you please absolutely i have the same anemia it's yeah it's fiscal anemia um it's yeah, it's, I think that city is, is very magical. I think there's, you know, whether it's people think of voodoo and, and witchcraft and all those types of um, occultish type of activity as being evil or dark. There's a lot of good that came from that, you know. Right. So, But it's part of the history of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And that is what, with the French and British, you know this, right? With the French um, oui, oui. influence there, um, bringing in the, the Africans and the Caribbean Blacks, where they practice a lot of this, you know, non-Catholicism, you know. Yep. And meanwhile, there was a Catholic rivalry, right? Um, that also attacked that. So there's a lot of um, a, a lot of conflicting history, a lot of bloodshed that was beyond the norm. 
it, it was a, it, it was quite a, you know, it's different. The, the bloodshed there was different than the Gettysburg bloodshed. There's the uh, picture of the voodoo doll that Russell. Oh, um, cool. gosh. That is the scariest that looking thing amazing. I ever seen. I'd love for you to forward that to me because um, we're spending. Thanks, um, Joe. Um, we're spending an evening doing an investigation of the haunted uh, museum in the French Quarter that's led by the voodoo queen herself, right? Bloody Mary. And I would love for oh, her to see this picture, you know. In fact, if um, if I can have a shift to me, so Bridget and I can get our little money ailment out of the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so, honey. I don't think that ain't let's, going nowhere. I would like to offer her thought, to consult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like her consult on that doll. So, yes. That's yeah, sure. we're going to hold that thought because I want to learn more about for somebody who doesn't know who Bloody Mary is. But we have a um, comment. Um, from Cyber Demon twenty seven seven, uh, he said, "Voodoo is a hundred percent real. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do voodoo ever again. I want to know why. So, whenever you get a second cyber, could you tell us why you wouldn't do it again? But um, Maria, go ahead and tell me about the story behind the Bloody Mary. People who doesn't don't know about it." Um. You mean the story behind the building? Well, why has? is it? Yeah, why is it so haunted? Yes, there's haunted. a lot of reasons. Of course, she conjures a lot of that. Okay, just because of her rituals that she does. That she will be doing a Day of the Dead. We're going to be there, Day of the Dead. Um, so she conjures a lot of these um, in her rituals that she does there. Um, but besides what she sort of you know, tunnels in. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a horrific story that happened. It's considered the, um, the the last tragedy of Katrina. And it was Zach and Addie. Do you know that story about no. Zach and Addie? It's incredible. So mm -hmm. Zach and Addie were a couple that were, what would say, they were a little compromised. You know, drug addicts, prostitution, mm -hmm. you know, alcohol abuse. They lived in a very in this building that now is Bloody Mary's museum. They lived on the third floor and they were just had a very, very dark life. You talk about darkness, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're going to make Sherry real happy with this place. Um, and what happened is one time this Zach went to a tall hotel in the French quarter and plunged to his death with a suicide. Um, when they went to recover his remains on the sidewalk splattered on his little, on his little um, pocket inside of his shirt was a note and everyone suspected it was a suicide note. And it was, but it was more than a suicide note. They went over to the apartment where now the haunted thing is he had taken Addie and mutilated her body Oh my! and was boiling her body parts in the stove you know, That's boiling so water, dumb. and all her body parts were on a sink. Um, oh. It was a massacre beyond massacres. And, of course, that's the way he led to the bodies through this note. That sink and that stove are on the third floor 
of Bloody Mary's oh Museum. God. So we'll be able to share that. And you're going to uh, go. Team. Oh, God, yes. yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that Bridget, is what I call dark. <laughs> yes. See, that's, yes. What I, that's what I was saying, Sherry and I love. I'd love to read Sherry's statement if I could. Yes, absolutely. Read it. Sure. And for those listeners, uh, whether you know or not, I am speaking of Shari Marie de Benedotti. And you will remember Shari from years ago when Jason and Shari, Steve and um, and Dave had the show uh, Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi. And Ooh. then the show ended. And then the show started again with Grant, but then it ended again. But anyway, so they went on to do Ghost Hunt, Ghost Nation, which everyone probably has seen on the Travel Channel, one of the shows I work on. And then from Ghost Nation, they were offered the opportunity to come back and and do their thing over at Ghost back at Ghost Hunters. And who wouldn't? That's yeah. that's Jay, that's Jay's baby. So who wouldn't? So now Jason, Shari, Steve, and Dave are now back over, and they are currently filming right now, uh, doing Ghost Hunters. And so I said to Shari, I said, you know, I'd like to talk a little about you since you're not going to be here with us. Um, so Shari kind of gave me a statement and it's a kind of a small statement about how she got into the paranormal and uh, what her interest was and how she met Jason. So I'll read that to you. A direct quote from Shari. I've always had things going on, seeing things, etc., but I didn't start investigating until 1996. When I had that experience in my room, I lived in a house that had all these crazy things going on. So I know that there was actually stuff in there. My mother saw an apparition all the time. And we experienced so many things going on, but it was one night when she was fully held down in bed uh, by a full-bodied apparition that actually appeared at the bottom of her bed and held her down. That was the day that made me start to figure out what the hell was going on so i learned whatever i whatever i could started my own team and helped other homeowners and i met jason and other taps members a long time ago again this is shari saying this at one of their events when they first started with taps before the show before the show and they've remained friends ever since um so basically shari has done season 10 and 11 of ghost hunters Ghost Nation season two, and now they are, like I said, currently filming the brand new but old Ghost Hunters. <laughs> and she says hi to everyone, and big shout out to Shari. Hi, Shar. <laughs> so um, great, but yeah, Shari. Shari is a terrific girl, uh, very adventurous. Uh, like I said, she seems quiet on the show, but that's not Shari in, in no. real life in person. No, I no. am so proud to have both Shari and Bridge in our tours to kick off New Orleans. Um, I can't think of a pair that would do better there. Uh, I'm almost afraid of going with them, but uh, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. Um, and But it's how amazing is that? And how amazing for our people to, again, experience seven yeah. days with these girls, um, with this woman. Uh, and not just ordinary women. These are women that are seasoned. That are, yeah. They're hard rock investigators. Um, and to be honest, there's not enough representation of these women in our field. And I've got two of the best, you know, um, and Bridget was, um, 
an influence or sort of like the, the ghost hunters female version. Remember that? I remember that specifically. And um, that was an attempt. It was a soft attempt to elevate the women's profile um, in the paranormal. But Sean, with all due respect, women, in my opinion, have more intuition, are clever, they're much more um, sensitive to their surroundings mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. not, they are cherry pickers. So they know how to pick and do and come up with the better analysis, in my opinion. Um, really? Not to mention, huh. well, you know, they always said men with the huh. hunters and women with the cherry pickers. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's true. But I also want to say that as far as the finances of the haunted, Who's our biggest fan out there? Between women. 40 and 45. Men. The women. The, okay. women. <laughs> the women age 40 to 45. Very strong. And I can prove those analytics, not just by industry standards that are published, but stuff that I get with haunted journeys. No, I meant who's fans of women ghost hunters. I said men. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. So, you know, all the kudos. And, you know, on my ambassadors, I have lots of women, lots of men. Yep. Um, but I, I think the ones that are the strongest as far as oh, that uh, is are the women. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but we, um, since we started a little bit late, we have to and now, but yeah. I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, thank you guests for coming. Um, beautiful Bridget and Maria. Thank you. We will have thank you on you again to talk us. about thank Dracula's you. castle. Um, so <sighs> we will talk about that soon and thank you guys for joining us tonight. Have a great thank weekend. You, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you for having us. And thanks thank for tuning you. in to Jason Prophecy. Yeah. Bye-bye. Here we are in the writers and illustrators of the future lounge at the author services building in Hollywood. It contains a gallery of the writer and illustrator judges, a selection of the awards the contests have received, a library containing novels and art books published by winners and judges, and a selection of photos of some of our beloved keynote speakers and guests. For nearly four decades, Elwin Hubbard's Writers of the Future contest has discovered and nurtured a steady stream of new authors and artists who have changed the face of science fiction. Chosen by an impressive panel of judges, drawn from the biggest names in the genre, Contest winners are given the best possible foundation for a long-standing career. Now in its third year, the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast continues to provide advice and tips from contest judges, industry professionals, and contest winners for writers and artists wanting to take their next step, along with needed inspiration to keep on going. If you are already a regular listener of this podcast, I thank you. If you are new to it, I welcome you to the weekly installment of the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. Oh, well. Well, thanks, guys.